Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning. It's March 6th. Thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, where I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately need some training and behavior help are you fed up with your pets just not listening maybe you've got a bird that's bonkers a rabbit with bad habits or a temperamental turtle it doesn't matter what the problem is that's what we do here on pet talk today i'm here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior and training problems call me right now and learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors pick up your phone Give us a call if you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area. The number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call me toll-free at 866-536-1100. Yep, give us a call. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I mean... I certainly can't complain about the weather. Oh, very true. It's March again. <laughs> yeah, it's March, but but I'm a little worried, you know, 84, 82 in March, you know, what what, what what's going to happen in April? Oh, it's my kind of weather though, not going to lie. We we got to <laughs> we really got to train the dogs now. Yes. Yeah, yes. because it's going to get really really hot and then nobody wants to go out there and uh, and train dogs. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking, um, we're going to be taking a break early, but we're going to be talking about deadly, deadly tea, tea, tick and flea products. There are dogs, there are cats dying from flea and tick products that are out there and people need to know about it. So, um, we're going to take a real quick break to hear from our, our uh, sponsors. And when we get back, you're going to want to hear this. When we get back, we are going to be talking about which products are killing pets, flea and tick products. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, you're going to hear whether or not your dog, whether or not your cat might have a deadly flea or tick product. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. 
To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Welcome back, everybody. I am Will Bangura. You're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a problem with one of your pets, give us a call. Learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors once and for all. Pick up your phone. You can call me if you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area. The number to call is 602-277-KFNX or 602-277-5369. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call me toll-free at 866-536-1100. Before we went to break, I had said that we're going to be talking about um, flea and tick products that are out there that are killing pets. And that's the topic of today's Pet Talk News. So there's a popular flea collar that's linked to almost 1,000 700 pet deaths. And the EPA has issued no warning whatsoever. Rhonda Bombwell had never used a flea and tick collar before. Pierre, her nine-year-old Papillon service dog, was mostly an indoor animal. Still, her veterinarian recommended that she purchase a flea and tick collar. So Bombwell went to the pet store near her home in New Jersey, and she selected Bear's Ceresto collar. A day later, on June 2nd, 2020, Pierre had a seizure collapsing while Bombwell was making dinner. Lying on his back, the dog stopped breathing and his eyes rolled back. Well, Bombwell tried giving him CPR. Then she called the police and an officer helped her lift the dog into her car and she rushed, rushed him to the hospital. However, Pierre died before he could receive medical treatment. Bombwell didn't think to take off Pierre's collar. She said, I just didn't put it together. Well, Bombwell isn't alone. Soresto, one of the most popular flea and tick collars in the country, has been linked to hundreds of pet deaths, tens of thousands of injured animals, and hundreds of harmed humans. 
all according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency documents. Yet the EPA has done nothing to inform the public of the risks. Serasto, developed by Bayer and now sold by Elanco, works by releasing small amounts of pesticide onto the animal for months at a time. The pesticide is supposed to kill fleas, ticks, and other pests. It's supposed to be safe for cats and dogs. Since Arresto flea and tick collars were introduced in 2012, the EPA has received incident reports of at least 1,698 related pet deaths. Overall, through June of 2020, the agency has received more than 75,000, 75,000 incident reports related to the collars, including nearly 1,000 involving human harm. The EPA is in charge of regulating products that contain pesticides. The agency has known about these incidents for years, but has not informed the public of the potential risks associated with this product. At least that's what Karen McCormick said, and she's a retired EPA employee who worked both as a scientist and a communications officer. McCormick said that the collars have the most incidence of any pesticide pet product that she has ever seen. The EPA appears to be turning a blind eye to this problem, she says, and after seven years of an increasing number of incidents, they're telling the public that they're continuing to monitor the situation. Continuing to monitor the situation. However, McCormick says that she thinks, hey, this is a significant problem that needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. The EPA declined to say how Soresto compares to other pet products, but in a response to a question about whether the product is safe, an agency spokesperson said in an emailed statement that the two pesticides in Soresto have been found eligible for continued registration based on best available science, including incident data. Amazon where Soresto is the top-selling collar, also has received numerous complaints about the product from customers who detailed significant issues. Dozens of people over the years have claimed the collar caused skin rashes in their pet. Others said it led to neurological issues in their pets. Despite the many warnings, Amazon has not removed the product from its online marketplace. Amazon did not respond to multiple requests for comment for this story. Now, this isn't the first time that the EPA has failed to properly regulate flea and tick collars containing pesticides. According to Miriam Elman, a senior scientist at the Natural Resources Defense Council, The NRDC filed a petition against the agency more than a decade ago over its approval of a different pesticide, 
than the one used in Ceresto. And that's linked to cancer and brain development issues in children. In April of 2020, a federal appeals court called the EPA's refusal to respond to NRDC's request nothing short of egregious and told agency officials to make a decision on whether to ban the pesticide within 90 days. The EPA decided not to ban the pesticide. It's called tetrachlorvinfos. Tetrachlorvinfos. That pet collar continues to be sold under the brand name Hertz UltraGuard, Hertz in Control, and Long Life. I'll say that again. Hearts UltraGuard, Hearts in Control, and Long Life. NRDC has challenged that decision that the EPA made. That lawsuit's currently pending. Even so, the number of incidents linked to that pesticide pales in comparison to those linked to the Ceresto collars. From 1992 to 2008, the EPA received about 4,600 incident reports regarding pet collars containing the tetrachlorvinfos, including 363 deaths, according to EPA documents. Broken down per year, that's 30 times fewer incidents and 10 times fewer deaths than Ceresto. And those are most likely an undercount, said Nathan Donnelly, who's a senior scientist at the Center for Biological Diversity and an expert on U.S. pesticide regulation. Donnelly said that the number of reported incidents for Ceresto is just the tip of the iceberg. In order to report an incident, a person has to make the connection between the collar and the issue with the dog. They need to understand who to contact and how to report it, he said. Most of the time, people are not going to make the connection, or they're not going to take an hour or so out of the day and figure out how to call and spend time on hold, Donnelly said. He said the incident data creates lots of questions about the EPA process. Here's a quote from Donnelly. He goes, my God, if this doesn't trigger a concern, that's a fundamental problem with the process. The fact that the EPA has not done anything to alert the public that there might be an issue here, it strikes me as bordering on criminal. The EPA has this system in place to compile information, and it's just collecting dust in some database. Pet collars are a big business. In its 2019 annual report, German agribusiness and pharmaceutical company Bayer reported revenue of more than $300 million on Ceresto alone. The company sold its animal health division to Alonco Animal Health, a former subsidiary of Eli Lilly and Company, for $7.6 billion in 2019. And that deal was finalized in 2020. By the way, Bear did not respond to multiple requests for comment. Since being spun off as its own company in 2019, Alonco has lobbied the EPA quarterly 
on issues relating to animal health, according to the nonprofit Center for Responsive Politics, which maintains a website tracking political contributions. Over two years, the company has spent $1.6 million on lobbying. The EPA didn't respond to a request about how Soresto compared to other flea and tick collars in terms of incidents. The Midwest Center has filed a freedom of information request for the incident database, but that request has not yet been filled. The extent of the damage is unknown, said McCormick, the former EPA staffer. He says, I've never seen any product that has had 75,000 incidents. Soresto's pesticides, well, they're more toxic together. They use two chemicals, and they're more toxic together. The the EPA approved Soresto collars on March 16th, 2012. The collars are designed to work for eight months. Under the federal insecticide, fungicide, and rodenticide act, the EPA must determine a pesticide product will not cause unreasonable effects on the environment. This determination requires weighing harms versus benefits, including assessments of risks to human health and the environment. Now, Soresto contains two pesticides, imidacloprid and flumethrin. Imidacloprid belongs to the class of insecticides which are the most commonly used insecticides on crops in the United States, despite, despite them being connected to massive die-offs of non-target insects such as bees and butterflies. The EPA proposed reapproving imidacloprid and other class members last year. The pesticide, by the way, is banned in in the European Union for outdoor use, but they allow it in pet collars. There's also growing evidence that mammals can be harmed by these pesticides as well. And those listening, if you didn't know, humans are mammals. Flumethrin, EPA documents show, is only an active ingredient in one product, Soresto. Like with most pesticides, the data supporting the registration of Soresto was conducted by the company that produced it, Bayer. The majority of the studies were looking at each pesticide individually. Individually. However, a 2012 Bayer study found that they've got a synergistic effect, meaning that they're more toxic together on fleas. The study found that the unique pharmacological synergism works as quickly as six hours to prevent ticks from attaching and feeding, preventing disease transmission. Additionally, eight companion animal safety studies were conducted by Bear, looking at the effects of Soresto collars on domestic cats and dogs. And remember, 
These were conducted by Bayer, the company that actually makes it. The EPA used these studies to approve Ceresto. California Department of Pesticide Regulation took issue with the validity of two of the studies, but they approved the collars anyway. Another issue could be a reaction of inactive ingredients, which are unknown and have caused problems in spot-on treatments. Donnelly, remember, he's from the Center of Biological Diversity, who's got a doctorate in cell and developmental biology and a former cancer researcher, said this synergistic effect likely extends to pets. He said he wasn't sure what makes the two pesticides so likely to cause harm, but it's clear something is wrong with the product. You don't even see these kinds of numbers with many agricultural chemicals, Donnelly said. For whatever reason, this combination is just really nasty. There are cur- Currently, there's 18 flea and tick collars on the market, three that are approved for both dogs and cats, including Soresto. Ten approved for dogs and five for cats. This is according to the National Pesticide Information Center. In addition to allowing tetrachlorvinfos in pet collars, despite evidence of its safety issues, the EPA also had approved the use of another pesticide linked to cancer and brain development problems, Propoxer. Propoxer, which was sold under many brand names, including Biospot, Scradex Collar, Zodiac, Sergeant's Dual Action, and Sentry Dual Action. Research showed residues were high enough to pose a risk to children and adults who play with pets that are wearing the collars. In April of 2016, pesticide companies voluntarily agreed to stop using Propexer to help protect children's health. The brand names that use Propexer have switched to other active ingredients. In addition, in 2010, the EPA increased label requirements and limited some inert ingredients in spot-on treatments, which were applied to a specific area of the pet. This happened after incident data showed the treatments were causing hundreds of pet deaths as well as issues such as irritation, rashes, hair loss, gastrointestinal problems, and yes, seizures. Collars have caused seizures and rashes in humans. It's not just pets, too, that are being harmed. This is according to the EPA documents. Between 2013 and 2018, 907 incidents were reported with humans according to a September 2019 EPA assessment of human health risk. The assessments determined that there were 19 severe incidents. Of those, eight people had dermal symptoms such as a rash or hives, and seven had neurological symptoms, which included numbness and headaches. Now, we're going to have to go take a break for news, but this is such an important topic And you need to know about these products that are killing your pets. When we come back after the news, we're going to continue talking 
about flea and tick products that are absolutely dangerous, lethal, lethal for your pets. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk today on 1100 KFNX. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking about your pet's behaviors, talking about your pet's health. And like I mentioned, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about the dangers to your pets. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions. If you've got a problem with your pet, feel free. Give us a call. The number, if you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. Also, you can email us questions. We're going to be answering some email questions uh, in just a little bit. But before we went to news, I was talking about deadly flea and tick products that are killing cats, killing dogs, killing your pets. And you need to know about this. Now, between 2013 and 2018, there were 907 incidents that were reported, not just with animals. The the numbers were bigger with the animals. That's incidents reported with humans. That's according to a 2019 EPA assessment of human health risk. The assessment determined that there were 19 severe incidences with people. Of those, eight people had dermal symptoms such as a rash or hives. Seven had neurological symptoms, which included numbness and headaches. Now, in October 2016, EPA Bulletin responded to citizen concerns about children being exposed to Soresto, saying that it had found exposure to the collars to be negligible. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to share with you why that that's absolutely wrong. As stated, now this is one of the things that the EPA, EPA says, as stated in the precautions on the label, do not allow children to play with the collars. In addition, try to keep the pet away from young children 
for a day after putting on the collar to minimize exposure, the bulletin said. You know, Donnelly says, hey, it's really not just happening to animals, it's happening to people who pet them as well. He goes on to say, hey, I've got two young kids who are all over our dogs all the time. I can imagine how highly exposed people would be to residues. And of course they are. If you've got kids, especially little kids, if you've got kids and dogs, they're all over your dogs, which means they're all over these toxic, deadly flea and tick products, flea and tick collars that are killing your pets. Remember Bombwell, who had the collar on her dog, Pierre? Well, one of the things she said is, the worst part was the lack of warning. Pierre had never been sick or had a seizure. He was just nine, so she thought that she had at least half a decade left with her dog. Her last dog had died at 18, plus she felt like she was responsible She was the one who put the collar on. Bomwell says it was so bizarre. It's just been a nightmare. Of course it's been a nightmare. It killed her dog, her best friend. Even if the EPA had not received tens of thousands of complaints, a cursory search of the web would find dozens of posts from pet owners warning others to be careful with the collars, including a letter to an animal doctor column in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch in 2013, a radio news story in New York in 2016, and extensive comments on pet forums. And that's why, on Pet Talk today, that's why we are talking about that. You need to know. You need to know because the EPA is not telling you. Without the federal government stepping in, individuals are left in the dark. Well, that's something that Ron Packard of Brockton, Massachusetts is hoping to address. In the days after the death of his two dogs in June of 2019, Packard did what any person looking for answers does. He went to the Internet. Two of Packard's four dogs had recently had seizures on the same day before becoming lethargic and vomiting and finally refusing to eat. He brought them to his veterinarian who couldn't find a problem. Within weeks, the two previously healthy dogs, a 10-year-old Danny and 5-year-old Dominic, We're both dead. The only thing that Packard could figure out was that both dogs had started wearing Soresto flea and tick collars a month before. 33 and 54 days later, they're both dead. Packard created a Facebook page asking people who had similar issues to share their stories. 
Today, the page fills up with pictures and stories just like Packard's. A dog starts wearing a collar. Within weeks, the dog will have a seizure. Sometimes it will later die. Other stories aren't quite as extreme. Loss of hair around the neck, lethargy. Packard encourages everyone to report their story to the EPA. He says, I don't want others to go through what we went through. He said, every time I read the stories, it brings me back to my dogs. But if I can save a few pets, I can deal with that pain. Now, I've spent a lot of time on this particular subject because it's very real. And it's very deadly to your pets. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion. Don't ever, don't ever put any kind of flea and tick collar on your pet. Okay? There's all kinds of natural alternatives as well. There are different essential oils, but you got to make sure You research it because some essential oils are toxic to pets. Okay? I'll tell you right now, citrus. You heard of citronella? You ever use citronella candles or sprays to keep bugs away from you in the summertime? I know I do. Citronella is made from citrus. Insects don't like it. They don't like the way it smells. I've got an orange tree in my yard. I love oranges. Now, I don't just eat the oranges. I take the peels and I rub it over my dog. My dog doesn't have fleas. My dog doesn't have ticks. Very simple thing to do. There's all kinds of natural things you can do. There there are natural uh, product supplements out there. Some of them have garlic in it. By the way, the amount of garlic that's in there and how they process it, it is not toxic to your dog. But don't give your dog raw garlic. That is. That is. So, people are asking me too, what, what about, what about the topical? flea and tick products that you just apply, you know, from their neck and then go all the way down the back, like uh, canine Advantix. Well, those use similar chemicals. They're all pesticides, folks. Every one of them. That's how they work. Now, I want you to think about it. You know, the numbers that we talked about... You know, over 1,700 pet deaths. Now, you can probably take that number and multiply it by 10. Easily. Easily multiply that by 10. You know, you'd be hard-pressed to, if you really had the numbers, probably to find that 1 in 10 that have had adverse reactions contacts and reports it to the EPA. That doesn't happen. Almost every incident does not get reported to the EPA. 
So these 1,700 pet deaths that were reported, just like it said in the article, it's the tip of the iceberg, folks. Next to cancer, next to heart disease, I'd be willing to bet that one of the top things that are killing your pet, besides old age, are these flea and tick products that are deadly, absolutely deadly. Stay away from them. Now, you need to protect your pets. I mean, I look at my dog daily. I mean, I'm petting the dog, rubbing its belly. You know, I can see, does a dog have fleas? Does a dog have ticks? Go ahead and inspect your dog on a regular basis. You won't have half of these problems. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be answering some of your email questions about your dog's behaviors. If you've got a question and you'd like us to help you, give us a call. The number is 602-277-KFNX, 602-277-5369. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these messages. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free, 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Welcome back. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk today on 1100 KFNX. Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us, we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions. And we're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. So if you've got a problem with a dog, you've got a problem with a cat, you've got a problem with any kind of pet, any kind of behavior, give us a call. We'll help you deal with that and uh, finally put an end to those unwanted behaviors. We have a handful of email questions if you wanted to answer some of those. Absolutely. What, what do you got there? Perfect. This one is from Karen in Glendale. And, okay. well, you know I take a lot of calls. Yeah. And I have not heard this i've never been asked this question before oh so a new one for you yeah karen and glendale asks i have a two-year-old french bulldog every time we have guests over he begins to hump them how do you stop a dog from humping everyone well get your dog a girlfriend yeah (laughs) right right obviously obviously your dog is looking for something right Get another dog. Get a girlfriend. No, I'm just just kidding. Don't. 
Don't get another dog. And for those of you out there, don't get another dog when you have one dog that already has problems, okay? Especially an aggressive dog, okay? Just let your special needs dog be the one that you have, okay? Uh, when it comes to mounting, okay, and and here's the thing with these French bulldogs, they got a lot of drive. They get stimulated like crazy, okay? And and I'm not talking about the physical stimulation, okay? I'm talking about the emotional, mental stimulation. Somebody new comes over, they go nuts. Now, every once in a while, you'll find a Frenchie who's a couch potato, but that is rare. They're usually little firecrackers, okay? And when people come over, they get so excited, sometimes they displace that energy into unwanted behaviors like mounting, okay? Not every dog's a jumper. Some of them are a humper, okay? <laughs> and here's the thing. There's a couple of things you can do. First of all, you know when it's going to happen. You've already said that in your email. So why not be a little proactive? Teach your dog to do a downstay with distractions or teach your dog to go to its bed and stay there with distractions. Okay. You got to teach a good alternative behavior that would be incompatible with your dog humping. Your dog cannot be committed to an obedience command like a downstay and hump at the same time. It's got to give up that behavior. And and so a lot of people don't understand, hey, my dog's just got behavior problems. Why do I got to do all this obedience stuff? You know, my dog sits, my dog lays down. Oh, yeah. When it feels like it, when it wants to. Not when there's lots of stimulation. I guarantee you that's what's going on with this dog. However, if you could send that dog to a bed, send that dog to place, if you could have that dog do a downstay and you kept bringing people over and you, your dog maintained that command and you start rewarding your dog for that, little by little, your dog is going to start getting desensitized and that behavior is going to start to extinguish. First of all, the dog doesn't have the opportunity to engage in it. And we need about two months of dogs not engaging in behaviors for them to kind of extinguish themselves. So you got to do a lot of distraction training, Karen. Can't just teach the down or teach the dog to go to the bed. You got to distract it purposefully on purpose, only to put the dog back, give it a little correction. When it doesn't take the bait of the distractions, reward the dog. Now, if you need help, you can always give us a call. Talk to Brittany. <laughs> you can give us a call at Phoenix Dog Training. Anybody out there that needs some training help, give us a call at 602 602- 7691411 again that's phoenix dog training 6027691411 if you can't get this done yourself and you need professional help get it but give that a shot Karen perfect i have another question from bonnie in avondale um and she asks is it really true that you can't teach an old dog new tricks I have a Queensland healer that just does not get the down or shake command. 
Well, if if Bonnie was on the phone, I'd ask her, how long have you had the dog? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because basically she's saying, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Well, were you trying to teach that to it when it was young? Okay. Here's the thing. You can train any dog. I don't care how old it is. The only thing with an older dog that would be a limitation is if they have physical limitations, arthritis, other diseases. And then, of course, elderly, senior dogs, they can have Alzheimer's. They can have dementia, just like people. They can have cognitive deficits. But we even got medication for that. We can help with that. But other than medical, physical limitations, any dog, any age can be trained. They can learn. It's it's about knowing how to motivate them. How to motivate them. Every dog. Everybody, you know, I get these calls. I'm, have you ever gotten this? My dog's so stubborn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not motivated by food. I've heard that too. Yeah. Well, listen, it's not about the dog being stubborn. It's about you not knowing how to motivate them. Mm-hmm. And there's some dogs that aren't motivated by food. You've got to figure out another way. If you don't know how to do that, call a professional trainer. That's what we do. But you got to find a way to go ahead and motivate the dog. So, you know, maybe it's cooked chicken. Maybe it's cooked steak. I don't know. Find out what your dog's chocolate is. Maybe your dog goes crazy for a tennis ball. Maybe that's the reward. Maybe your dog goes crazy with excitable love, praise, and affection. Oh, good girl, good boy. Yeah, what's going on? Maybe that's the thing that gets your dog excited and motivated and having fun. And that's the other thing. you got to have fun with this stuff. You can't sit there, sit. You know, I hear these people, you know, that's old school. Barbara Woodhouse, okay? Sit down. If anybody watched that, you're too young to know no. Barbara Woodhouse, but she was from, like, England, and she had this show, and that's exactly how she would... You know, give dogs commands. And and here, there's still a lot of militant people out there that old school, you know, when we were training military dogs, you know, really harsh, sit down. Wow. <laughs> Listen, anytime your dog runs away, you're going, Max, get over here. Max, get over here. You think Max is going to want to come to you? Hell no. no. Max is going the other way. <laughs> if you want your dog back, lay down. Lay down. Completely lay down and start laughing hysterically. <sighs> I guarantee, unless there's something really important to your dog, a huge distraction, your dog's coming back. First of all, your dog thinks there's a problem because you're laying on the ground. And when you start laughing hysterically, that sounds like wounded prey. Your dog's coming to you. Don't scream and don't yell at it. But Bonnie, you need to you need to work on uh, some obedience stuff and, and uh, alternative behaviors. And you'll stop that without having to punish the dog for humping. We have another question, and you know we get this question. I know you. 
answered it before, but we get this question quite often. Um, so Joanna Phoenix asks, how do I get my German Shepherd pup from jumping up on everyone? Well, we've got about two minutes, so let me see if I can quickly try to answer that. What was her name? Joanne. Joanne, did you hear my answer for the last one? <laughs> Teach an alternative behavior. Jumping, humping, doesn't matter. Same answer. Teach your dog an alternative behavior that would be incompatible. Your dog can't sit or lay down and jump at the same time. Okay. Now, let's, I'll, I've got about a minute. I can talk about corrections. You know, not all positive reinforcements going to motivate a dog. Sometimes they're not motivated by a carrot. They're motivated by a stick. Now, don't get a stick. Do not hit your dog with a stick. Do not cause fear, pain, or intimidation. You know, but putting a collar on your dog, having a leash on your dog, and giving a mild to moderate correction, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, of course, there's the do-gooders, you know, the PETA people out there that say the total positive reinforcement folks, you never have to correct a dog. All you have to do is give it treats. Bull cocky. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. There's going to be a distraction in the real world that's going to have more value to Fluffy than whatever kind of food or positive reinforcement that you have. You know, Fluffy sees a rabbit, boom. Your chicken's worth a nickel. That rabbit's worth a hundred dollars. Again, it comes down to motivating your pets. I'm Will Bangura, and guess what? We are out of time. Gosh, it goes quick. Be sure to tune in next week, Saturday, from 9 to 10 a.m., where we'll be back talking more about your pet's training and behavior, more about their health issues. Don't go anywhere. Angie Samuels with the Safe Money Program is next. Talk Sports, the pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, Phoenix.